This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We've made it to Exodus chapter 23 and we're dealing with, just tell you the truth, some really common sense stuff. And some things that are very good about about life and uh, very helpful. I think I think sometimes they may be difficult to implement for some people, but they are very important and good just for maturity and living out your life in a way that brings about the best for others and not for yourself. And, uh, and when I say not for yourself, not being selfish. So many times we want to do some of the things that Exodus chapter 23 deals with because they're fun, because they, they're enjoyable, because we want to be one in the know and we want to be one who is telling the story. And, and that's what we see in chapter 23, <clears throat> verse 1. It says, do not spread false reports. Now, <clears throat> in the day and age we live in today, this is a little bit of a problem because we have false reports coming in from everywhere. And, and we have false reports that are being propagated by people who are in positions of authority. And we have false reports. We have false reports being said all the time on the internet. We, the internet is a gift and a curse. And so we have all kinds of things that are going on as far as false reports are concerned with that. And oftentimes we don't know exactly what to believe. And we, sadly, we put ourselves in a position where the people who we should be able to believe, we can't believe either. And the issue is, how do I deal with this in a world that we, in the world that we live in? The first thing that I would always do is, if something seems like it's a little bit beyond the pale, something seems like it might not be actually true as far as you see it from your own perspective, I would always just hold it to my chest. And that's what I do. I don't, I, I try my, my best when I'm dealing with certain things, whether they be national news, whether they be information about individuals and people, I always just try to hold that in, hold that to me and watch and see if it's true or not before I start telling it. You can ask if you were to be with my wife, you can ask her. I knew about COVID back in December before it started in March. And people say, how did you know? Because I, I read a lot of, I, I consume a lot of news very quickly. And the reason I, I, I can do that is because I'm, I'm dyslexic. So I tend not to read a lot of information. I tend to know where to look in news articles to find the one or two pieces of news that is good. And I just consume a lot during the day, a lot of information from locally, nationally, internationally. And there were reports out of China that there was this new flu that was moving around and it was around the Wuhan area. And they were having lockdowns and a lot of problems. And by the time we got to January and February, I realized that this was coming our way and it'd be an issue. I didn't know it'd be the issue it was, but I knew that it was a big issue. And the reason is because just watch and listen. 
And there's a lot of, of wisdom in just watching and listening and waiting until things are clear and obvious before you act or before you say anything. So many people want to be rushed, want to rush to be at the front of the line as far as news is concerned, or they want to be at the front of the line as far as being in the know or having the scoop on a certain situation. Now, this works on a broad scale as far as what's going on in the world, being being somebody who knows what's happening, but it, it's very important on a micro scale, on, on the scale of your life and your friends. And don't always assume that the information that you're getting about someone is always is true. Now, both of my both of my jobs are jobs that require me to be hold information and not to tell everybody what I know and not to open my mouth about everything that I have information on. Uh, confidentiality is important as a pastor, and it's important as an attorney. And being confidential about the information that you receive and how people help you and how people talk with you is important. And oftentimes, somebody will tell me something that seems so crazy. And, and it's, it turns out to be true. But most of the time when somebody tells me something that's so crazy, I, it's not true. It's a false report. And I just don't need to be spreading those false reports because if I'll sit back and watch and over time, God will reveal the truth to you. That is something he's in the business of doing. If Jesus is the truth, he is the way, the truth, and the life. God is in the business of revealing a way for you, the way he's made for you, the truth that's around you. He's in the business of revealing that to you, and he's in the business of giving you the fullness of life. And if he's in the business of giving you those things, he's going to give you those things about the truth and things of the matters that are around you. And sometimes your own perspective, sometimes your own limited circumstances, your limited understanding, your limited background in the issues or in what you're hearing leads you to believe something that's not true. And I'm not saying that to be negative. It's just reality. I, I don't see things from every perspective. I can't understand the world from a macro a level that I see everything that everybody's doing and everything that everybody's a part of. It is a struggle to know all those things, but eventually God will reveal truth to you in due time and in due season. And it's just helpful to keep your mouth shut about it until which, and if you're going to bounce it off somebody, bounce it off one or two trusted people where they're not going to spread what you said and you're not going to spread what they say. And y'all can get, you can get a little bit broader perspective and broader perspective is important. The Bible says, in the, in the presence of many counselors, there's wisdom. What does that mean? That means that get the big perspective. Make sure you're talking to a lot of people before you uh, start spreading information. And that these things are just helpful ideas. A lot of people just want to spread it as quick as possible and get it out there as fast as possible because they want to be on the front end of it. They want to be the head of the gossip train. Oftentimes, gossip is just what it what it's described as. It's gossip. It's not true. And being on the front end of that can oftentimes cause way more harm than it does good, and it hurts you also. It hurts the person, but it hurts you also. And so the Bible says, do not spread false reports. Do the best you can not to do that. You're going to do it anyway. You're, it's just natural. That's going to be a part of it. It's going to happen in your life, but you don't have to make it. You don't have to make it your vocation to go do it. You can work on not doing it. And let me tell you something. Oftentimes leads to really good stuff. And who knew that you could go to Exodus chapter 23 and find just a little piece of nugget of wisdom there that turns out to be a giant boulder of gold for your life. Do not spread false reports. Don't do it. Don't be the megaphone for false reports because we got a lot of megaphones now. He says, do not help a guilty person by being a malicious witness. Wow. 
this really hits home for me as far as in 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 the legal system but it is true it's true back then the way they did is the way they, if they had a problem with someone they would take them to the magistrate or to the judge it would later on be the judge in Israel they would have judges and they would just take them Moses had been being the judge for all of them and then his father-in-law said this is not going to work you got to appoint some people to handle this cuz you're doing it all day and light not night and it's just going to destroy you uh, you got to get some judges in place so we did and so now they're they're taking their issues to these judges who are over the clans and the tribes and the thousands and the hundreds and all those groups of people, they're taking them to the leaders. And, and obviously the only way for a leader to come to some conclusion about a situation is to inquire. And so in many ways, what they would have had was what we call a trial. And a trial is a search for the truth. That's what we do when we are, are in court. We're trying to find the truth. Uh, now, do we always do a great job at it? No, because remember, it's just a group of people that are limited, limited perspective, limited knowledge, limited information. And and then you've got the whole problem of people people being a malicious witness by, 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 by not telling the truth in court. I love to be sitting next to a client, whether it be in a criminal case or a civil case or a domestic relations case or yeah, just myriads of all types of cases. You say, what kind of lawyer are you? Pastor, I'm a small town lawyer, which means I have to take most of the things that come in the door because that's just the way life goes with me. There's about four or five areas that I don't practice in, but everything else I'm full bore in. And when you're sitting in court, I, 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 it's amazing to me. I'll be sitting next to one of my clients and they're just appalled at somebody up there lying on them on the witness stand. They are lying. Sadly, it is the it's the natural state of things. Oftentimes, for us in the courtrooms, lawyers, it's a joke among us. You're kidding? He was lying on the stand, and that happens a lot. And so, obviously, God knew it would happen. He says, "Do not help a guilty person by being a malicious witness." Meaning, don't go into court and try to save somebody by lying for them. And does that happen? Yeah, it does. What's so funny is my client will be sitting next to me and complaining about the other sideline, get them on the stand. And I, I put it, put their story on and the other side cross examines them and find out my clients lied to me. And then what do you do when everybody's lying? That's why you got to have judges and you got to have court courtrooms and you got to have somebody to be trying to figure out and wade through and find the truth. It's not always easy to do. And judges have a, a difficult job doing that. They, and so therefore they're not going to be perfect in their ability to make that happen, but they are very critical for our, our society operate. And when he says, do not help a guilty person by being a malicious witness, oftentimes we want to help our friends. But that's it's not helping them by lying for them. It's not helping them by telling something that's not true. And this can be this can happen not only in a courtroom, but it can happen in just regular life. Acting like something is not true that is true is not helpful for those who you are trying to do the best for. It is not helpful for them. Oftentimes, it's an enabling. What does that mean? If somebody is dealing with an issue, they have a they have an anger issue, and that tends to blow things up. And and if they uh, acted a fool at New Year's Eve party and uh, treated somebody really bad, and you, then when somebody's uh, spreading, like it says in the first part of the verse, they're spreading false reports, meaning they're telling things that didn't happen. You come along and not only do you discount the things that didn't happen, you add a few things that uh, would make the person that you're trying to defend seem a little bit better. And all of a sudden, we've got both sides spread, spreading false reports, and you 
helping a guilty person, a person who has been been acting in a way they shouldn't and probably needs to, in some way, suffer some of the consequences of it so they can learn not to be that way. You're helping that person by being a malicious witness, meaning a witness that is is malicious toward the truth, uh, a witness that is malicious toward what is just and right. And that's just not a good idea. It's not helpful for, for anyone, including the person who oftentimes you're trying to help. We try to help people, and then for what we're doing is we're enabling them. And enabling is a terrible thing for a person. It's bad enough that we have people who are actively working against us, that enemies are in the world. Jesus had a lot of recipes for dealing with your enemies, and the primary ingredients to that recipe was love and forgiveness. Love and forgiveness is the recipe for Jesus for your enemies. And oftentimes, we don't help our friends by helping them continue in the things that are destroying their lives. And one of the ways you do that is you become a malicious witness for them. You start being maliciously, meaning with intent to lie, with intent to not do what is right, you maliciously testify on their behalf. You can do that in a courtroom, but you can also do that in just in public. And uh, that's not helpful for them. It's not helpful to not be real about what's going on in a certain situation. And like I said, if you don't really know what's going on, what's the best thing to do? Don't spread false reports. Don't say anything. It's not always, you don't have to say anything. And that probably leads to my last piece of advice, and it's not in scripture, but in life and in the courtroom, you have a right to remain silent. I know some of you in your life and just the way you're made up, you don't have the ability to remain silent, but you do have the right to remain silent. You don't have to tell everything. And not everything needs to be told. Oftentimes we think in church that we have to confess all our sins to everybody. And that's not what scripture teaches. It's not public profession of sin and public profession of struggle is not necessary. It's not scriptural. The Bible says confess your sins one to another. And you could add one on the end of that for to complete it in the English language and to feel the uh, purpose of what that verse says, feel exactly what it means. Confess your sins one to another one, not one to the whole congregation. We don't have to tell everything. And, and the Bible says if we do that, we can be healed because a friend sticketh closer than a brother, and, and there's healing in releasing the truth about yourself and coming to terms with the reality of your sin. And God's Holy Spirit steps in the midst of that relationship, that one to the other one, and, and brings about healing. That healing is important. That healing is good for you. That healing is powerful. And so when we confess our sins, we confess our sins one to another one. We don't confess it to the whole crowd. You have a right to remain silent. Nobody can compel you to say anything. And oftentimes, the better part of valor, the more important part of discretion, is to wait until you know what you should say that will bring about the best results. And I pray that'll be the case for you. That is a, a very mature thing and a very difficult thing. And we all struggle with it. But I pray for you that you'll learn to be wise in your words, that you learn to be, be prudent in what you say, and that you learn not to spread false reports and not try to help somebody by telling something that's not quite true. That's not helpful. And it doesn't As bring you about go today, God's I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you and that he will give you hope 
and peace today in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm.